Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No way, Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Conservative Connection. I am your host, Crow. So we have a special guest with us today. His name's Chaz Kennedy. He served as leader of two conservative student organizations at Texas Tech University, where he is the founder and former president of the Turning Point USA chapter at Texas Tech. And he is also the incumbent chairman of the YAF chapter as Texas Tech. Uh, during his time at YAF, he has uh, engaged the chapter in nonpartisan, uh, in a nonpartisan invasion of Ukraine protest where he helped cancel an all-ages drag show that was going to be held at the university. He's also an actor in which he has recently received an award from a, from a stage association nationally. So, Chaz, good to have you with us. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. So, you have you have quite the interesting background uh, in the conservative movement, and I'm um, I'm curious because as you know, we're over here, we're over in Chicago, Illinois, so we have red guys over in a blue state, but you are a red guy in a red state, and yet still, even in Texas, uh, you're you're shutting down drag shows at your college, which I find um, like both both uh, humorous and also interesting. And concerning, yeah. And concerning, yeah. For all ages, that was the concerning part. I mean, um, me personally, I have no problem with if somebody wants to do something on their own, you know, whatever it may be as an adult, that's their business. But when you start involving the little kids, that's when I get concerned. <laughs> it's our nation. We don't protect little kids from, like, guns and everything. But when it comes to protecting them from, like, transgenderism and, like, changing your gender, and like Gentile mutilation, it's like we don't want to protect it from that. So, well, it's it's something yeah. that they they can't necessarily consent to. I mean, as a little kid, it's not something you can do. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting because we always have these shows going on in the pride parade, and they'll say things to the effect of special activities for little kids. And maybe it's just my conservative Christian background, but I'm pretty sure that you know a pride parade from what I've seen. The activities haven't exactly been kid friendly. Yes. So, uh, and you're also an actor. Can can you talk about that? Yes. So, as, as you know, acting is a very liberal field, and I'm a conservative actor, so it's very ironic. But ultimately, I've been acting my whole life, and you know, I like acting. I don't like the politics of it, but I like the acting as the art. So, that being said. I'm different because I'm an actor, but I'm not scared to speak my views out. Like I have friends who are in theater and film. They're scared closet conservatives. I understand that. But at the same time, you know, I believe we all have to stand up at one way or another and be brave, stand up, like get out of your shell. Because the reason why the left is so powerful nowadays, especially in America, is because people are scared. They're silent. It's not silent majority. We need to be a loud majority. That's what take America back, make America great again. Well, uh, and you recently won an award. What what award did you win, and what play were you in? I, I I think it was a stage production, if I'm correct. Yes, it was original play for um. It was a ten minute play for my school that I did, Texas Tech. Nice. So you participated in um Kennedy Center, um Kennedy Center. It's um. Catastrophe, it's like a um, play festival that around countries, um, plays around the country, um, colleges around the nation participate in this. It's a good opportunity. I got an award. What, what was the title of the award? Um, um, for its participant. Nice, nice. Yeah, so 
it's very it's very interesting um being a black conservative in today's time um i i know that you, you must get um probably a, a lot of criticism from that maybe um uh, maybe you could talk more about that. I, I, I'm curious about that because I know my old my friends over at the in the Chicago area have also experienced problems with that. I love talking about this. So I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I come from a family of Democrats. Okay, so I'm the only voting Republican in my whole family. That must be right. My mom, yeah, mom, dad, grandma, aunt. Uncles, Democrat cousins, Democrat. Yep, and also my ch- actually in my church. Um, I look. I'm from Austin, by the way, which are most like liberal cities in Texas. If you didn't know, so my church in Austin, they lean left. I always have Democrats come speak and everything. You know, pissing me off, honestly. And one time, there's this girl that told me, "Hey, Chaz, I love I love your mom, Miss Tina, my, my mom's name, but I want to dance on your grave and you for you to die." She said she yeah. wanted to dance on your on my grave, grave and for yes. you to die. Yes. I, I love you, but I want to dance on your grave and I want you to die. Well, she loves my my mom, but yeah. Oh, she loves your mom. Yeah. Did she tell yeah. you on that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. Um, but yeah. It, it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. So last Sunday, my church. Um, there's his the pastor he went for Trump by the way, but now he supports Biden. Crazy. That's it. Um, yeah, interesting. So we had a speaker in my church. He was like talking about the Bible, which I supported because I'm Christian. Then he got into gun, gun control. I'm like, I know where this is going. And here's the funny thing: he insulted Republicans and called out Ted Cruz. Greg Abbott, our governor. But here's the sad part. Who was the president of Sandy Hook during that time? Right. Was it Trump? No. Nope. Barack Obama. Yeah. The Democrat that the black people love. Yeah. And who was the president of all these shootings nowadays? Joseph Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about like how guns are gonna gun control is gonna save um children and everything. Um. Well, you 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 went to college before, right? So law says that people under twenty one cannot drink. You know how many costumes I see drinking all the time. Yeah, but that's against the law. And here's the thing: you you take away guns, is that going to stop people from murdering each other? People have cars, bombs, knives. You're going to take that away? You're taking away cars? <laughs> I mean, that was what happened to us in Waukesha over in Wisconsin. We had that, that crazy guy come through the parade with a car. But I try to simplify the whole gun issue as simple as possible because um, somebody would say, well, at what point does a good guy with a, get, uh, with a gun end a shooting? I'm like, all of them. All of them are ended by a good guy with a gun. The only question is, do you want the good guys with the gun before the shooting starts? Or after it's already begun. That's that's really the whole crux of gun control. Because people with guns are going to arrive on the scene regardless. The only question is, do you want them there before the shooting or after the shooting? Right, right. And also to that point, you take away all the guns from like law-abiding citizens. The cartels, the criminals, ISIS, yeah, the, um, the gangs, they're going to have guns. I guarantee it. Pretty much. And you want to take away the guns and they're going to have it. <laughs> You're going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. I Very quickly. still got the open border problem. Still got that happening. It's that, yeah, it hasn't slowed down at all. But I wanted to tell you, like, um, I, I've seen the, the craziness myself when it comes to, like, just how uh, up in arms people get over somebody being a black conservative. So like we had a black conservatives panel um, over at my college and what ended up happening was they were booed and uh, the woman, there was a woman who was a teacher and she actually took this article that was like a slanderous article. And what she did was she tried to ascribe everybody in our YAF chapter and relate them and connect them to white supremacy it was a black conservatives panel. 
she, um, she was calling my black friends white supremacists. And um, well, one of the things that I told there, and I even discussed this with the Black Lives Matter chapter around the area, and I said, look, I said, what, like, obviously the idea of a black white supremacist is ridiculous, but what if she, what if she just connected the names and said these people are white supremacists and they hadn't actually looked into who each person was in, as an individual? You would have had a liberal preventing black students at my college, like from getting into Harvard and other different colleges because they were simply called white supremacists for no reason. So I don't know if you've experienced um, that, that craziness, but it, it really is a, a marvel to me. And man, when we had that panel, uh, we had a lot of really good subjects brought up that I, I'd never even thought of. One, one woman said that the very first uh, thing that you learn as a, as a black person when you get to school in this area is slavery. You don't learn about the strong cultures of, of Africa and all these other things. You don't learn about the different historical like empires that were built by certain people. She's like, you only learn about slavery. She goes, that seems to be the only history they want to teach us. They don't want to teach us any, anything else. She's like, where's George Washington Carver? Where's all these great Americans that were black. It's like, we've disconnected them from American history. And she got really upset. And I, I don't know if they do that over at Texas Tech, over where you're at, um, but um, even in red states, I've found my friends say that the the colleges tend to be extremely liberal, in even in the red states. So let me explain my situation. So I'm a transfer student. I came to Tech from UNT, and UNT is like University of North Texas. It's between Dallas and Oklahoma. It's one of the most liberal colleges in Texas. <laughs> and I mean that seriously. <laughs> Sincerely. It's just at there. Um, so I wore a MAGA hat every day, a Trump hat. And, and this girl, she was black. She said, take that off in a student union building. Yeah. One girl tried to knock it off and say, like, why are you wearing that hat? You're racist. You're 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 black, you're a black clansman. You're a Nazi. You're Coons. Yeah. You're Uncle Ruckus. You're Uncle Tom. <laughs> I, Uncle and, Ruckus yeah. is such an interesting character in that show. I don't think I've ever met some somebody like Uncle Ruckus. I don't know if you have, but like I, I feel like that's a, just an insane character that would actually never be in real life. I mean, I think that's why the character is funny, just because like he's like the stereotype of something that a liberal thinks of when they think of a black conservative. But he, you'd never find somebody like that in real life. Yeah, it's another point. Um, so me personally, as far um, as far as dating, I prefer how to say this: not black women. If you catch my drift, no. So I will basically a lot of black people who they call they call me their brother. They say, "Hey, Chaz, you want you don't want it the sisters? You don't like black girls?" I'm saying, um, it's like ice cream. I mean, I prefer vanilla like vanilla ice cream. I don't like chocolate ice cream. That's just the way it is. Everybody and say, "Oh, you're right. You're racist and all that stuff, and you're you're black." And, I'm, and I say, "Here's our response to that: Was I born in America or Black America?" Because last time I checked, this is the United States, not the Black United States of America. I could be wrong, but <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not. It's it's interesting because people always try to go to that in in the dating world. It's even gotten to the point where they say if uh, if you don't want to date somebody who's transgender, um, you're not you're a bigot somehow. I, <laughs> which I, for for dating, everybody has their own preferences. Everybody has their their own certain type that they like, and I don't think people should be held like as considered a discrimination just because you like a certain type of woman or you like a certain type of man. We certainly wouldn't do that on the other side. So, yeah. but it's a, it's an interesting time in the country. Um, I, you, you mentioned your family going back and talking about how they'd voted Democrat for so long. Um, is it just an idea that they were supposed to vote Democrat? This is something I don't understand with, within the community. Maybe you could help me understand this, but why 
why is it that so many people just vote next with a if somebody has a d next to their name is it just like something that they've grown up with and why do you think there's such an outrage for that when when people want to vote a different way or question the authorities that that be so as far as the black community it's like a cultural thing based on what i've observed for like 24 years of my life so what they tend to think is that republicans are racist and that they're a party of the slavery um which is not true if you look at history because um abraham lincoln got them out of slavery and he's a republican Tom, um jefferson davis democrat kept them in slavery so in segregation like joe biden his friend like bird um was also like support segregation separate separate busing for racists so i think um what the black people they tend to i don't sound stereotypical but a lot of the lower black community as far as like economics they tend to look for like government programs and like welfare state that's something that lbj has provided for them and so they they're kind of accustomed to that this plantation system but here's the thing lbj who had like social security and welfare for like black people and like lower income minorities, he was quoted by saying, I want to keep these inward people voting Democrat for the next 300 years. I mean, I hate to say it, but he's right. I mean, because he's like, these black people are hypnotized. I mean, not all doomed, but I will say 90% are voting Democrats in each election year, which I think is stupid. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say 90% just because of the fact that I've seen the voting records. And also, um, there's a lot of um, dissatisfied and isolated liberals that have now said they're going to vote for the other side. So it's a, it's an interesting thing that you brought up the, the history. Robert Byrd, I just wanted to say, like, he was not only a segregationist, he actually was a, a Klan's member, a KKK member, and he was a high esteemed uh kkk member with a lot of different titles but um that's one of the things that like how do people react to that when they hear that 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 the president of the united states spoke at a at a klansman's funeral as recently as the late 2000s and the early 2010s and not just that joe biden let me get to him people call him my aunt who's like democrat she calls him uncle joe Okay, well, let, let me get to, let me. Okay, so I remember World War II. I mean, we called Joseph Stalin another Joe, Uncle Joe. Not a great guy. No. Now, that's why Joe Biden, Uncle Joe, as my aunt, aunt likes to call him, he will say, um, white kids are better than poor kids. P poor kids are a race now. And refer to like little black roaches being on his legs in the pool, referring to black people. Yeah. And, and told black people on like a show like this said that if you can decide between me and Trump, then you ain't black. So you're trying to decide my race now because I don't want to go for you. Oh, okay. How, how did the black community even react to that when he said that? Because it was such a crazy thing. And he was on a prominent like black, um, black Americans podcast. Char Charlemagne the God. Yeah. Charlemagne the God. Yeah. I, for I forgot his name, but yeah, that's correct. And, and he, and Charlemagne the God has been advocating for, voting Democrat for a long time. So this was a guy who should have been an easy ball, like friendly interview. It should not have gone the way that it went. And yeah. he, he put just the slightest amount of pushback just to see like what his policies were. And Biden just exploded. He went nuts. And I, 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 I don't understand why they didn't freak out when you've got this old white dude yelling that a prominent black man who's made his way in, in the podcasting world is not black. Yeah, and also it's it's just it's a, it's a cultural thing. It's just that because he's with Obama and he has he's with Kamala now. It's just that he's around black people. They see it as a reason to support Democrats. And one girl in my church, she told me, like, I asked her, why do you like, why do you like Democrats so much? Why are you over Democrats? And she says, because Democrats like black people. So, okay, so I asked you a question, like, why are you vote for Democrats? I would like a, maybe a policy or legislation reason why. Uh, but you're saying 
because Democrats like black people. Okay. <laughs> Another girl in my church that told me that she wanted to see me die. She she wanted to debate me over politics. Like I, I kind of want them, I kind of want them to debate me. <laughs> this it'd be a fun debate. Let me put it that way. <laughs> well, what one of the things that I try to advocate for young people to do, um, because I've been in that shoes of being in a public debate. In a debate, you're trying to convince an audience. In a panel, you're trying to convince the person asking you the question. So there's slight little differences, but I. Does anybody in the black community, like, I know this is not going to be a statistical official study, but from what you've, like, experienced, do people in the black community even like Kamala Harris? I don't know many people who like Kamala Harris. Based on what I'm seeing, on my experience, a lot of black people do like her. But it's based on her skin color, not her policies, because... Then again, all people people don't know her policies very well because then she's like, yeah, of California district attorney or attorney general of California, she incarcerated black people for minor crime offenses. Yeah, yeah. And she claims to be for black people, while people black people they say they hate Trump and everything, but Trump has passed criminal reform to help get black people out of prison, like Kodak Black, a rapper. I know black people y'all like Kodak Black. Guess who got out of jail? Yeah. Your boy Donald Trump. So one of one of the things I wanted to ask too was um during the time of Donald Trump, you had a lot of black people who were actually getting off welfare. You had a lot of minorities who were moving into the middle class. You you had women getting job opportunities they'd never seen before. You had gas at record lows. I know you guys are feeling it at the pump. Just, just out of curiosity, what is gas over in your area right now? It's about five dollars and some change. Yeah, it's five fifty-five over here. Um, it it went up from four eighty-seven to about five fifty-five overnight. Um, but during during that period of prosperity, though, you you saw people who were actually moving into the middle class. You saw people who were getting out of poverty. You saw people who were improving their job situations. They were getting more income than they'd ever had before. Now that you guys are experiencing the high gas prices and everything else, it's, it's got to be hurting your community. Like, let, let's just take politics out of it. How are people reacting to high gas prices and high meat costs and, and higher grocery bills and stock shelving areas? Uh, how are you guys reacting to that in, in just the average community? What are people saying? Everywhere in Texas, from what I hear, people always complain about it on a daily basis. I see it on social media. I see it on even on the news. People complain about the gas prices being too high. Um, people complain about the food and the farming. Food and the farming prices are also going up. Um, clothes are going up as well. Um, Housing. Housing too, um, because like lumber and um, all that. It's just like it's a very sad situation. But then again, this is kind of where you need to know who you're voting for, because typically, if you look at policies, and if you don't like a candidate, if their policies are good for you, like your pocket, your money pocket, then you might want to keep them around. Because if not, you're going to suffer one way or another. And you know, you're going to be have buyer's remorse, yeah. Because a lot of people in America have been buy, buyer's remorse for Joe Biden right now, yeah. Because he's he might sound like a nice guy, like a nice grandpa, in that kind of mentality. But in reality, um, he's not a nice grandpa when it comes to your money, your finances. Well, I, I don't know if you remember this too, but when we were watching the debates and we were watching everything, you could not say that he he looked senile. Like you could not say that he looked like he was losing it. And now it's like, I don't even know Democrats who watch a, a Biden speech because it's too painful to try to get through. It's like you're watching him struggle to get to the end of a sentence and saying things like true and international over the pressure, which I like, I was like, did he just have a stroke? Is he gonna, is he gonna pass out? I'm like, I'm worried. Um, but yeah, he was sold as this, nice 
you know, kind, grandfatherly figure. Moderate, middle road type of guy, unifier. And, and now he's talking about taking away uh, handguns, which was an extreme policy. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Democrats tried that in the 90s under Clinton. It did not go well. It, it really did not go well. People got spooked and they they hated that policy. So we've gone beyond rifles now. We're, we're actually, they're advocating in places like Canada, let's just strip guns, period. And somebody once told me this too. He, he said, in the black community, he said, we have firearms. We just don't talk about it. Uh, well, what's your reaction to that statement? Is, well, is that accurate? Yes, especially like um, you're from like Chicago, so you should you should know this. Um, because I told this to my somebody at my church that like I say, you know, I like the I like the sermon because the way you are talking about like insulting Republicans, and like and they respond to me like, well, the Republicans are the ones in charge in Texas, okay, but who's in charge of Chicago? A Republican? Yeah. No, Democrat Lori Lightfoot, who the police hate, by the way. Yeah. And last last just last weekend, like Chicago, there's like 50 shootings alone. Yeah, that's not, that's not making the news. I, I covered that on my podcast actually because I said that um, basically when I when I hear shooting news, you got to understand I'm from the Chicago area. There's a shooting every weekend. There's a there's always a shooting, and we have some of the strictest gun laws. It is so hard. If you if I go to Texas and try to buy a gun, it is so hard for me to find, to buy a gun and go through that process just because of the craziness of our gun legislation. But one of the ways I can easily fix that because usually their argument is this: they'll say something like, "Well, the reason we have such a bad problem with Chicago gun violence is because everybody's buying their guns in Wisconsin." I'm like, "Okay, well, where's the gun violence in Wisconsin? Oh yeah, it's not there." It's not, it's not there. It doesn't even come close to the Chicago cities. And re uh, recently, I've seen I can flip a lot of people just by showing them how many criminals were captured and their guns were not verified to them. They were not like in legal possession and they're let off the hook anyway. They're let off the hook anyway. So like, I don't know. Are they pushing red flag laws down where you're at now too? Because they're trying to push that over here. I know the Democrats in Texas are, but like the Republicans are pretty much against it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm against red flag laws too because, you know, let's say somebody's really depressed and like they're not like a danger to themselves or like other people, but it's really like depressed and mental illness. Under red flag laws, depending on the judge, especially if they're liberal, their guns can be taken away from them. Guns that can be used to protect them and their family. Yeah. That's why I'm personally against red flag laws. Yeah. yeah and also, listen to that, they want to add training, like $700, to make you pay out of your own pocket just to have a gun and be registered for it. To me, I'm not, that just makes it hard for people to get guns. I mean, guns are used for protection. That's what Second Amendment is all about. And when you, when you lose our guns, guess what happens? A guy like Hitler comes, a guy like Mussolini comes. I got like Kim Jong Un comes, like Vladimir Putin comes. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, if you look yeah. at Ukraine, one of the biggest problems that they had to to add to your point was the fact that they were not armed and they did not have a lot of arms to defend themselves. So that's why we had to send so many arms over to Ukraine, and we had to get. So it's so funny that the people who have a, a Ukraine bio and their profile pic, and we're just shouting two months ago to give everybody uh, an automatic AR-15 and AK-47 are now saying that in the United States, we should ban handguns. Um, it's, it's very funny how they're more for other people having guns than ourselves. And I guess their argument would be, well, they're under invasion. I'm like, what makes you think that if we were disarmed, we wouldn't be under invasion? Um, it makes it easier to be under invasion. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Not, but, for your point, I don't even think I, I don't think you'd go as far as disarming everybody because there's more handguns and firearms in the United States than people. I mean, you're just not going to disarm us. It just wouldn't happen. You can do that in Canada. You can't do that here. But if your area of Texas got disarmed uh, with everybody tomorrow and they took everybody's guns, I wouldn't say that you'd have to worry about a dictator, but you'd definitely turn into Chicago probably overnight. Um, or Gotham City. 
Gotham City. You know, it's funny. People always thought that Gotham City was in New York, but I look at it more and more with the dirty politics, and I argue that it could be Chicago. Um, but it's it's one of those things, too, that when, when you actually dive into the gun laws, there, there are certain things that people don't understand about gun laws. Like one of them is the fact that they'll say, well, if you have a background check, a federal background check going through, and it takes more than three days, then um, the gun manufacturers give them the gun that shouldn't happen. I'm, and people hear that and they say, oh, that's terrible. And I was like, no, 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 no. A federal background check should take 20 minutes. It took 20 minutes for a federal background check under George W. Bush. That was like 20 years ago. Okay, so like the technology has only gotten faster. It does not take that long to figure out a background check. The three-day law is there to keep Democrats accountable because I don't know if you've ever bought a handgun under a liberal president, but all of a sudden, oh, the computers, they're not working for us. It's taken us a day or two. That's there to keep them honest. That's why that law is there. So I know if you don't dive into the language of certain things, people can get led astray on gun policy. You, you mentioned red flag laws too. I just wanted to say this with a red flag law um, that you brought up, like, let's assume that you did get the right guy, right? Let's assume you got Ted Bundy, Ed Gein, some crazy. Did you arrest that person? No, you just got their gun. Well, what's, they're going to go get another one. You didn't detain them. You didn't arrest them. You didn't put them in jail. You didn't do anything. So, if you had red flag laws in Texas, even if you got the wrong guy, like I'll throw out the olive branch, even if you got the wrong, the right guy, still doesn't work. Right into that, another thing I'll add on to that, um, Salvador Ramos, the shooter of Uvalde um, 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 Elementary School, they did a research onto him, like background checks. He had no prior history of mental health issues or criminal record. Yeah. So on paper, he was a clean cut guy. Not to, no reason to suspect him at all. No reason. I'll actually disagree with that because even though he didn't have anything on his record, he was threatening to rape women online. He had a history of like violence. He had multiple encounters with police. So um, Uvalde, the Uvalde shooter wasn't necessarily a clean cut guy. The Vegas shooter was. The Vegas shooter had nothing on his record whatsoever. No history run in with the cops or anything else. But with the Uvalde shooter, it was more like the cops should have seen that and they should have done something ahead of time versus just waiting around. Like if, if you see a rape threat online, arrest that dude. I'm just going to go out and say it like, do not, you cannot do that. It's like me threatening your life. You can't do that. But um, recently we had another shooting in Tulsa and um, the, it was a black man, by the way. Yeah. yeah it was a and the victim was black as well. The victim was a uh, upstanding black doctor who was very, who was a very good man in his community. And uh, it, it got brushed over in a day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But I, I just, it's, it's a rough thing talking about these shootings. You know, it's, it's really rough. But when I, it, it's not a radical thing for people to say, well, we got to do something. I'm just asking people to think things through and to look at each individual case. Like, yeah. I know it's yeah. an emotional thing. And it's probably an emotional thing for you guys in Texas. I can't imagine if there's something like that happened in my state. Well, it, it does, but like at the level, because it, it was with the Uvalde thing, it was more than just a shooting. It was kids. And that, that really just, I, I get emotional and angry talking about it, um, especially because of the police response. So while we're talking about this, how, how do people in Texas justify gun control and only the police having guns in a scenario where the police fail? So 
Um, Texas is one of, I would say Texas is probably the most gun, um, pro-gun Second Amendment state in the whole country. Um, maybe the whole world, possibly. Probably the whole world, in my opinion. Um, so they support having their guns, right? Each person has their guns. As far as police, a lot of people in Texas and around the country are like doubting the police efforts in the Uvalde shooting, like the prevention of saving the kids. Now, honestly, let me talk about the police response. I did my research into it too, as well. I believe they did make some mistakes that were very detrimental to the situation. But they did what they could have done in the in the situation. Like, I know a lot of people are like, like Sean King, the fake um black guy that's really white, is saying like, "Oh, this one officer went into the school and got his kid and went out." That's not true. He was even there at that time. So a lot of people are saying false or made by the police, which I feel is just like bad because there are protectors. And now you're kind of trying to make them look bad, and like it kind of makes them look like they don't know how to do their job. We're doing the best that they can, and just it's a terrible situation. And in my, my opinion is that for the school, all schools in general should have like better security overall, like better doors that lock, um, yeah. chemicals that can spray on shoot like on shooters. I mean, all that stuff can work, and it's like you know people are not thinking about that. Like Democrats, they say, "Oh, I want to take away the guns." How about we had security to the school to where you can save lives, had no casualties at all? Yeah. Um, with the police response, my reaction to that was, and, and this was breaking news. This was something that happened recently and it kind of got overshadowed. But an NBC reporter actually did a study and interviewed the people in the in the shooting. And um, number one, there is no training response or education or anything written that says that a police officer is supposed to wait at a shooting. Every single response that has ever been written to a police shooting since 1999's Columbine is even if there's a single officer there, go in and stop the shooting. Your first priority is to end the shooting. So one of the things that angered so many people in this Uvalde shooting was that the cops waited outside for 78 minutes. And not only did they wait, they told the federal agents that came in after them not to go in too. So it's not just that. And they also tased a woman and handcuffed another guy. Who, who were parents, and thank God for the parents trying to get in, because if the parents didn't try to get in, the federal agents wouldn't have disobeyed orders to get in, because it wasn't until they saw the parents being basically uh, attacked by the police that they decided to go in. Now, just because a police department does something that is completely idiotic and they screw up does not represent all police. I want to say that right away. The Parkland police don't represent all police and the Uvalde police don't represent all police. Here the police failed. So my biggest critique of that is in a situation where you're saying only the cops should have guns, the cops were the only people with guns on the scene other than the retired border agent who saved those kids and went in um and they failed so i i understand that many conservatives are pro police and I, I have no problem with that but i'm saying that we need to do a little bit better than that so i have no problem with people like teachers being armed and uh, concealed carriers on the school because as, as you know if you own a firearm you cannot go near a school without worried about being arrested if i was to pick up my brother from school and i had a firearm in the car they could arrest me and throw me in jail they do not want it near the school premises so basically what ends up happening is uh, unless you have schools like new mexico where the teachers are armed then the only people who can stop the shooting everybody else has to wait until the good guys with the guns get on the scene. Right. So I want to touch back on about the police, um, their, how people perceive they failed the situation. I feel like people, I feel like the most, most American public, like the German American populace, they don't understand how policing works. Because as far as the police, there's different police jobs, like as far as like a crime, a crime scene like this. Like the police that are holding people back, that's perimeter. 
their whole job is to keep people from entering like the crime scene because and also from what I saw and read about the whole situation, there are police that went in inside the school to stop the shooter. But the issue was that the shooter with his rifles, it they were shooting, he was shooting through the door and through the window. So they, they couldn't really get into the room. And so it's like, and then it had to like you all the police, like their police department has like six people. They're not well equipped like all of Chicago. So don't they just don't have the material to be successful in their regard. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's their fault, but you know, it is under funding for it. I, and because I, I, under funding So just to correct you, so there were there are actually nineteen police officers outside the building. So I mean as far as you evolved the yeah. department. Yeah, I understand what you're saying though. I mean there are, there's like there's Bortec, um there's like the Border Patrol is there too, DPS. Um, they're there as well to reinforce from like the body police because they do, they do it all the time because you all think they're too small. So that's why Bortag DPS has to support them all the time. Yeah, but yeah, I, I still have problems with the police response. And um, as you know, when we saw the, the lockdowns with COVID happen, we saw the police kind of abuse their powers in that regard as well. And again, I'm not saying I'm anti-police. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that I think the police deserve scrutiny in this situation. And yeah, maybe I don't have all the facts. Maybe, maybe I have a few things wrong. I'll grant that. But from what I'm seeing from that report, from what the police said, I don't think dodging the media is a good response. I, I don't know if you saw this, but the, the head policeman refused to follow up on any interviews and questions. And also, the more we dove into this situation with the shooting, the less the media started to report on it. I don't know if you've seen that lately, but they're not, they're reporting fewer and fewer details about the shooter, about what happened. And like you said earlier, you brought up a good point. They said he had an altercation with a security guard. And my only thought was how does a trained security guard on the scene get outgunned by a mentally handicapped 18 year old um, with no training and, we found out later that that security guard was never actually there. That that altercation never happened. Then we had. Then we found out different things. Like he said, they said his grandma was shot and killed. Then it turned out his grandma was not killed. He was she was in critical care. So there was a bunch of facts on that situation that like either were not true or there were things that we didn't know. Or, and we're still figuring out things about it. And it's a really disturbing case. And here's the thing as far as conservatives. Like, conservatives, like, you know, for this particular situation, it's like they believe or the media is telling them, like, Sean King, CNN, NBC, what they're saying about this is all holy and it's all right all the time. But this is the same media that was saying that the election was, like, not stolen. There's no fraud. They're like, the COVID is real. Like, the COVID, like, the is a real disease. I mean, it's like, it's a real, like, it's going to care about it. Global warming is, is going to kill us in like ten years. Yeah, this is the same media that says that, it, and now y'all believed him out the police and all that the Uvalde shooting. Come on now. Well, it was it was funny too because like I remember people saying that like as soon as I brought that because we had a panel on that where we talked about climate change. That panel actually was the most successful panel we had. Unfortunately, the video recording got destroyed, but um, like because we we couldn't save it, there was an, a video issue. Um, it was the only panel that we didn't record fully, which is unfortunate because it went really well. But I remember telling somebody basically after the panel was over, I said, global warming is the crisis that is focused on when there is no real crisis. And you'll you'll see this too. If we start to benefit and do well financially, what's what's the one narrative that explodes is global warming. People don't care about global warming when we might get drafted to go fight Russia. People don't care about global warming when you can't afford gas. Uh, people don't care about global warming when you've got food shortages. People don't care about global warming when you have record inflation and your pension's going away. People don't care about global warming when you've got uh, shootings down at the border because the cartels went through with guns because there's no security over there. Global warming is the crisis that everybody goes to when there is no real crisis. And uh, you'll find that too. But what what's the craziest uh, global warming response that you've seen? Are are the big advocates of global warming at Texas Tech at your college? I mean, what's what's the craziest 
narrative you've heard over there about that because there's quite a few we won't focus on this for too long because i again i don't think it's a big issue but i think people should know how to argue the other side um before we start to do well and that happens because we we know both of us saw the first three years of donald trump were nothing but global warming narratives yes um so tech for the most part is a very it leans towards the right so I want to say most of them, most of the students there have somewhat common sense. Now, as far as UNT, my previous university, a lot of them had that what I call the AOC narrative, where they would say how cow farts is dangerous with methane going to the air, and that like car, like you know, fossil fuels is like poisoning us, and that we're, it's gonna be gone within ten years anyway, and that we need to move away from fossil fuels immediately, which is. I don't know if you I don't know if you know this, but that's dangerous for our economy to do that. It's dangerous. And not to mention Yeah. Electric cars like Teslas, those are those are not cheap. Those are not cheap, cheap. And you wanna talk about that? <laughs> do they tell do you, do they say things like that? Like just buy an electric vehicle? <laughs> yes. And like go go electric power, solar power, wind power, and and here's the thing about wind power that they don't realize. A lot of liberals will advocate for wind power, and like you know what the, but it's very dangerous to like birds and bats because that kills them because they run against like the wind machines engines and it kills them because they think it's like vibration, and they love their birds and their bats. Like for instance, I'm a vegetarian. I care about I love I'm an animal lover. I love the animals. I love all that stuff. But I have a common sense approach to saving the environment. And we, have to, we have to, I love the environment. We have to say it the smart way. We have to be smart about it. We can't be stupid because we have to keep a balance because our economy helps us save the environment. That's what liberals don't want to realize. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another thing I tell people who are green energy advocates is the best countries that can help that problem are the richest ones. That's That's the way things work. So the richer the country is, the more intuitive and um creative solutions they can find but as far as people saying we need to just get rid of all fossil fuels what do cargo ships run on i mean are you going to have a wind-powered cargo ship like the nina Sinta and panta uh, santa maria like how are you gonna how are you gonna move goods over that you don't have solar powered cargo ships like and that's a huge part of the the chain for food distribution. You cannot, you cannot get rid of that. So there are certain things that they haven't even thought of. And I, I tell people too, like what would happen if you got rid of the energy sector for like AC in Florida, Texas, I mean, imagine right now, because they're talking about two thirds of America experiencing blackouts um, coming in the fall. What would happen if you had no AC in Texas in the summer? Okay. Uh, yeah, it'd be like it'd be like like the desert of Africa. You'd be sweating, you'd be dying pretty quickly. It's like I'm from Austin, Texas. It's one of the most highest parts of Texas. It's like it's it's ninety every day up here, at, at least ninety. Can you can you fry an egg on the sidewalk, or is that just a myth? Honestly, we we're we're getting close. To, we're getting close to doing that in, in Texas. We're getting pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're almost. Damn. I was gonna say it's like, um, like I, I don't like the cold in Chicago. Don't get me wrong, but the heat can be pretty unbearable if you don't have the right energy, um, out there. But you know, uh, um, if you guys have blackouts, God forbid. I mean, you guys are not just gonna lose AC; you're gonna lose refrigeration. Yeah, in the water, the, the cool water that keeps you cool and hydrated. Over the hot hundred degree weather in Texas, yeah, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be cold anymore. Nope. <laughs> the ice cream you like that your little that your your son daughter likes that they can't get anymore because there's no refrigeration in Texas anymore. They're gonna be crying because of you because you want to get rid of all this refrigeration in fossil fuels. <sighs> Man, you know if if fossil fuels were eliminated, like sixty million people would die overnight. Like just because of how much people defend, depend on this, you've got farming with the petroleum from the tractors. You have 
cargo ships that would not be able to get to port. You have the AC, you have everything. And I, I don't know why it's so controversial to say this. Hospital. Yeah, hospitals, uh, like di different medical equipment would not be able to be shipped. I, you know, I know people who work in medical warehouses, that equipment is not getting there if gas is too high or if you don't have the right thing. You, like the whole supply chain is propped up by gasoline and fossil fuels. Like cargo ships run on diesel. You don't have an, a wind-powered cargo ship. You don't have a solar-powered cargo ship. That's not a thing. So... Yeah, it just it bothers me when when this like you can you can tell right you can see in, in my face I get mad talking about this because I feel like yeah. they don't think things through. It's like they think with their emotions, not their brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's not just a Chicago problem. That's a societal problem in our whole country. It tends to get worse each year. Well, one we we are seeing weighs into certain things and you mentioned you're an actor and I, I've always been fascinated with the acting field but are you seeing wokeness kind of die in the theaters because like I am like certain box office hits like Maverick uh, like the Top Gun movie and everything else they're abandoning this Daily Wire is doing well they're producing their own films and content um, I, I not so Spider-Man no way from nah, no way from home um, that's pretty like it wasn't all woke I mean most Marvel I'm a Marvel fan a lot of Marvel movies have been woke, but like Spider-Man Away From Home, that's a pretty decent movie uh, across the board. I mean, it wasn't too woke. It was pretty, like, old-fashioned. It's like movies I saw back when I was a little kid. Yeah. I miss those. I miss that era. Yeah, me too, man. Like, it, they ruined Star Wars for me. Like, with what with all the stuff they were doing. They were just pushing everything. It was crazy, you know? And, like, I liked certain sections of Star Wars. Like, I liked Finn as a character when he first came on. And then they started doing things like in the Chinese audience, they reduced his role because China didn't like a black main character in Star Wars. So they had to reduce his role and that hurt him in the later films too. Also, I don't know if you're familiar with like the X-Men, but you're not Magneto the villain. Yeah. So I'm hearing uh, rumors are saying that basically they want to cast him as a person of color, like a black guy. Here's a problem with that if you don't know comics. Yeah, he's Jewish. Magneto is a Holocaust survivor from World War II. So, you look at him as a black guy in the modern era? I mean, I guess there was a few black people in the concentration camps in World War II, but mostly I'm guessing it was white people, right? It was mostly Jews. Jewish people. Unless you want to make him a black Jewish guy, I guess you could do that. <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to go over. Um, but you know, it's, I, I don't understand, like there's certain characters that I, I cannot, like I, I prefer as black, like Green Lantern. I preferred actually him as a, as a black character, um, like, because he's more fascinating to me than Hal Jordan, but there's other characters you have like Shaft and certain other characters like Static. Where's our Static Shock movie? Static Shock. Is a black. Here's coming pretty soon, um, but you know it's still it's getting delayed. Everything. I want on our point. Yeah, as far as Superman, like they want to make Superman black now. I heard one potential plot like a couple years ago from one of my friends. He told me that basically what they want to do is they want to make Superman a black guy during 1950s in America during like the Civil Rights Movement, and they want to invite the Nazis or like the I mean not Nazis um KKK. Huh. That's honestly, here's why it's bad. People don't realize how dumb that is. You're making a black guy who's an alien from another planet who's in black people during that time, during face of persecution already. Yeah. So you're going to make it worse for them by casting him as a black guy, black alien who's very different from the white majority at the time. You want to know what's really funny too is, um, I don't know if you saw like, uh, days of tomorrow like the show with like all these superhero characters but this was during a time where they just loved infusing obama into every marvel comic and every other thing and they made a plot where gorilla grod goes back in time to kill barack obama and it's it's the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen it was so funny um at one point gorilla grod says it's time to make america grod again Oh, and I'm like, okay, when was America ever grod? Uh, <laughs> you know, 
it's it got it got ridiculous and you know it's it's one of those things where it's like i have no i have nothing against a, a black character in a film i just don't want you to take an existing character make a worse version of that because then you're not helping anybody you're not helping the black community who wants to be taken seriously in more movie roles because you're not making a better version of something that already existed that's what happened with uh, with Creed, it, Creed is not Black Rocky. Creed is his own character. That's why it works. You know. Yeah. But and also, yeah, with the Fantastic Four, I'm. I'm this is a rumor, not heard. Like a couple like months ago or weeks ago, um, they want to make it to where like they feel like the Fantastic Four is like too gender biased. So they want to have two women and two men on the team. So they're thinking about making like the human torch a female. That's kind of hot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, yeah, that's a nice pun, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a conservative, but you know, I'm also like I'm very like old fashioned in the sense that you know I want I think the work should reflect what it was like, a t- what it was intended to be. Yeah. I mean, if you want to make another team that has that component, then. Be, me, be my guest. Right. Make it a, that'd be a great movie. Yeah. But you should keep the original stuff the same. They tried that with Firecatcher. It didn't work. <laughs> um, that was like a Stephen King novel, though. Well, it wasn't the best novel. But I'm excited when I see uh, people like Shapiro and stuff making making movies now that are uh, like with Gina Carano. They're taking advantage of people who are getting blackballed from Hollywood. Um, I don't know if you've ever you've seen any of their movies. I saw the one about the mass shooting. Uh, I thought, I, I didn't think it was amazing or great, but I thought it was decent. I thought it was good. Um, they, they, I saw, I saw Perian, like the superhero one. That's why I saw recently. Yeah, have you seen on Perian? It's like a, it was like superhero. No, is it good? It's not as good as Marvel or DC. It's kind of corny a little bit. I think it's supposed to be, I think it's like made to be a style of the boys. Um, but it didn't go that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I appreciate the effort, but you know, it's just it, it was it, it, it's not me basically. I mean, it's better than seeing Gorilla Grodd try to kill Obama, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, that is true. <laughs> but honestly, as an actor, you know, I see myself as a messiah in a way. You know, I want to lead conserve actors into new into new era of acting in the entertainment industry. Like I love to work with Mr. Piro and like Jenna Carano. I love to work with them in the future. By the way, like because I feel Daily Wire. If you're watching, yeah. we're 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 hiring. Come on, give give us a shot. Yes, yeah, yeah. Ben, you know you want me. You got an award. So, um, yeah. So with that being, you know, I want to be an advocate for people like the like the sort of friends who are actors who are closet who are shy, I won't be a voice for them because they can't speak for themselves because they're scared. Well, I'm not scared. It's more than that. They're afraid of being blackballed. I mean, the thing with, with the entertainment industry is there is a blacklist in the entertainment industry. You should know this more than anybody if you're really involved, but it's, it's bad. And one of the problems we have in the entertainment industry and in all industries is they say things to the effect of, well, you need to, you need to write like in college they'll tell you this you need to write like a conservative and then you need to act uh, or you need to write like a liberal and then when you get out you can act like a conservative well what happens when you put in a conservative paper where you're going to fail well what happens if you go into a tech company like Twitter or Facebook and you try to advocate for conservative principles well you get fired well what happens if you're an actor and you advocate for conservative principles openly well they don't cast you so it's a problem of social credit systems that has accumulated over time that we've ignored and it's become a huge problem. But now the wokeness of these corporations has become so bad, it's creating huge backlash. Um, I do, I am running low on time. So we, we have about, um, we have about like five more minutes, but uh, it w- is there anything else that you'd want to touch on on the in- en- entertainment industry really quick before we move into the final closing uh, moments? Um, I would say, you know, 
just I won't be I won't be advocate for like you know because they're because they're artists out there. I want to be like a leader for them. But the thing I do want to touch on within this five minutes is that my time as being leader of Yaf at Texas Tech. Yeah, because because being the pre- president of Chairman of Yaf at Texas Tech is very different than other college campuses because Tech is right leaning as far as colleges are concerned. But it's a double edged sword because while they are conservative up there. It caused them not to want to get involved in certain groups because they see it as um, t- liberals are never going to affect Texas Tech. They're never going to affect us um, because we're too conservative for them. Well, to put that point, that against that point, my group, we do polls in, every week um, in our, while we're at college. Do like say, oh, do you think we should ban this gay event, this um, LBGQ XYZ community event, or like, is abortion okay? And when we, we did these polls, the votes were pretty neck to neck. I'm talking about 49 to 50. So my friends at Tech, you think that we're not, you think we're safe from liberals if our, if we're voting on polls that are like, that are so close and neck to neck. So my point with that is that we as conservatives, we have to kind of rise together because, you know, even if you feel that, don't, we can't be complacent. We have to understand that, you know, it might be safe today, but tomorrow might not be safe. So we need to kind of get involved now. We need to change the culture war now. We need to be leaders now. We can't wait till tomorrow. We can't wait for our jump. We can't wait for Donald Trump um, to set that do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves. We have to take initiative. Yeah. And, and to back up what you were saying, when you guys had that race between Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke, yeah, Ted Cruz didn't crush Beto O'Rourke. It was pretty. He did not. It was pretty close. So I would tell that to your friends. It'd be like, yeah, Ted Cruz almost lost to Beto O'Rourke. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't he trying to run again for governor over there? Against Greg Abbott. So there you go. I mean, what if you have a race and he gets just a little bit more ahead than he did last time? You know, you're going to have a Democrat governor like Beto. Con, like in charge of the governorship of your state, so and also my my county in run Austin area, it voted for Trump in twenty sixteen, it voted for Biden in twenty twenty. Yeah, that that should that should tell you something right there. If you can't see the issue with that, you need to reevaluate your political views in this country. Yeah, especially right now when every state is going to count up until twenty twenty four. That's going to control what happens to our markets, what happens to uh, the cost of living, whether or not people like you and me, men like you and me, are going to be able to afford a house later on in our lives is going to be dictated. To have a family. How we, how we have kids. Yeah. Retirement. Retirement, kids, wife, college, college yeah. housing, rent even. It's all controlled by whether or not you're going to go red or blue right now. Yeah. But... Yeah, so we, we got we got one more minute to close. What would you like to close with? If there was one, th- first of all, I'll ask you one question. Like, if there was any political, um, like request that you could have met right now, anything at all, what would it be? And what message would you leave the rest of our viewers who've who've tuned in? And by the way, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I will say that I'm speaking to all young conservatives out there. We have to take our country back right now. We cannot wait anymore. I understand that you're you're kind of not worried about this issue because you're kind of young, but our country's been taken over by liberals. If we don't wake up now, if we can open our eyes now, it's going to be too late. We have a chance now, but we have to start today. You have to help help conservative groups at your college campuses or in your communities. Give all give all the elections vote. Vote always. Be sure to vote and do research into your candidates. Get involved in the political process because it's our country. We have the right. To, we have the opportunity and right and obligation to do this from God, our Creator. So we have to take the initiative and actions and the opportunities right now to fix our country, make it better. We ha- we I, be- I believe in young people. Young people, I believe in y'all. D- do us right. All right, man. Well. 
unfortunately we're out of time uh my battery's almost out i don't want to lose the stream so Chaz kennedy uh where can everybody follow you on instagram my instagram is chaz.kennedy i can put it in the chat all right same with snapchat it's Chaz kennedy yeah all right so everybody take a screenshot if you're watching Chaz, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest. I love you. You're full of energy. You've got a bright future ahead of you. And uh, I, I hope to see you again soon. Yes, thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Anybody, uh, thank you, everybody. This, con uh, this con <laughs> I can't talk today. This concludes our episode of The Conservative Connection. Thank you for watching. And if you haven't seen us, this is an IGTV stream. So if you're listening on audio only, go and uh, check us out at conservative.connection underscore pod. Thank you, everybody. And as always, stay connected. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.